This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. God is so good. We're talking about love this month. And how many people know that something's going to be happening on the 14th of this month? It's called Valentine's Day. Amen? And so that's the day that we want to show love to our loved ones, to our spouse. And so, men, you know, make sure you're locked and loaded that day for your ladies. Amen? Okay, I got one amen there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. And, uh, but uh, I'm going to talk to you about love this morning. And I think really, um, and really to walk in the God kind of love. And, you know, I, I think the world has a definition of love. And we don't want to do love the way the world does love. Amen? The world's way of love, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Kind of the world's way of love is, you know, there's something always attached to the world's way of love. But God's love, God gives freely. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation. I think this is going to be the key. And even, uh, you know, the, the, the Apostle Paul had some prayers in, in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. And in the prayers he was praying for the church, and you could take those prayers, we have them on the, out there, that you could pray these prayers for spiritual growth. And he talks about that we need to be rooted and grounded in God's love. Amen? And I'm telling you, love is, is the law of the new covenant. Amen. Amen. Everything, you know, the, the, every, the, the, the love is dependent on everything. You know, the Ten Commandments. You, yes, you can memorize the Ten Commandments and do all that shout nots. But you just need to memorize the two love uh, commandments. is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And amen. And, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself may not be that easy. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to walk out this love? Well, first of all, you've got to get a revelation. I really believe this. You've got to get a... Re- you better be glad you came this morning. Amen. You've got, you got to get a revelation that God is good. You've got to get that revelation. Because religion may make the God look like the devil and the devil look like God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Religion will make you look that way. You know, when Jesus was delivering some people and he was casting out a demon, the Pharisees said, you're casting out that demon by the power of the devil. Come on. He was setting somebody free in church. He was setting somebody free in church. And and that Pharisee said, you're doing. And Jesus said, a kingdom divided cannot stand. I want to say this, if we're going to walk in some love, are you listening to me? We better walk in some unity with God and walk in some unity with each other. Because the devil, he's a master. And what the devil's always trying to, he, he, the devil likes arithmetic. And he's in subtraction and division. I know you heard that before. I didn't make that up. But, but God is in addition and multiplication. God wants to add to us. He wants to add life to us. He wants to bless us. Glory to God. He wants to increase us. He wants to have us to have more life. Am I talking to anybody in the house today? Hallelujah. I want more life. Glory to God. So to do that, you to get to receive more life. You've got to realize that God is good. 
Just take the word God and add another O to it. Oh, God is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. So so I found out because I think a lot of times God gets a bad rap and I, and, and and we get this idea. And I, I hate this type of theology that, that God is be, is behind the good, the bad and the ugly. I don't like that theology that whatever comes down the pike, God's behind it. Well, you know, Pastor, God works all things out. You know, he's working all things out for good to those who love him and called according to his purpose. Yeah, he's working out those things that are good for you. If you're if you're if you're loving him and you're called according to his purpose, but all things aren't working out for good for everybody. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? All things are not working out for good for those that don't have God in their life. Amen. And I'm going to say this. The goodness of God is so good that that people that don't have God can still live a relatively good life down here without knowing God. Because the Bible says God's goodness falls on the just and the unjust. So God's right here. This is middle ground. Glory to God. This is this is grace ground. God's grace is here. Glory to God. Thank God for that. And you might say, then why do good people have bad days? I'm glad you asked. Amen. Reason why sometimes we go through some struggles and sometimes we have bad days because we it will it will show us when we have good days. We we have a contrast and it's good to have a contrast between what's good and what's bad. Amen. Evil and good. We got to be able to have a contrast and know the difference. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, when when there's some evil days I'm walking in, I want to stay as close to God as possible. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So here's a here's a um, Psalms 145, 8 and 9. And I believe they got this from Moses and Moses. It was interesting. Moses had a wonderful relationship with God. And, uh, you know, he talked with God face to face, the Bible said. And 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 Moses went up on the Mount Sinai to to get the ten to to get the Ten Commandments. Glory to God. They're not the Ten Suggestions, but they're the Ten Commandments. And and so he got up there and 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 he got in God's presence and and he and he had had the Ten Commandments. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but the children of Israel, you know, he was up there for like 40 days and children of Israel got restless and they ended up making a calf, golden calf, worshiping it. See, that's what happens when the man of God's not around. Amen. Or you're not getting into church because what's going to happen is we're going to stray from the things of God. And so they didn't have the man of God, but he he broke those tablets. Right. And then he had to go back up. And then God revealed to to Moses his goodness and God revealed to him. And and, and Moses said, I, I, I want to see your glory, God. And God said, I, I will show you. You know, it's interesting. God said to, to to reveal his glory. What God said, I will show you my goodness. Think about that. God, God was revealing to Moses that I'm not going to show you my mighty power. I'm not going to show you how, 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 uh, you know, you know, another aspect of me. I'm going to show you my goodness. And I'm telling you, God, God put him in, 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 in the cleft of the rock and he walked by and saw his goodness. But, but, but 
but we continue to read on and God reveals himself and Psalm 20, 45, 8 through 9 is, is what he wants to reveal himself to us as. And the Bible says in, one, in Psalms 145, 8 through 9, okay, uh, 145, 8 through 9, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. Can somebody say all? And his tender mercies are over all his works. Woo, man. Somebody say, I'm a work of God. God. Don't don't say I'm a piece of work. No, no. Say, (laughs) say, say, I'm a work of God. Amen. You, You know God's tender mercies are over you today. Do you know, I, uh, you know, uh, I, I know that one minister, his, his son was going wayward and, you know, he, he was the typical preacher's kid. Hopefully my, my kids aren't going to go crazy like some preacher's kids do. And, uh, and so, and he went away from God for a little bit, but the Lord reminded him and said, just, just keep, every time you think about, and, his, and it was Kenneth Copeland's son, John. Every th- time you think about John being away, just keep repeating, my tender mercies are over John. And so you can say that over your, uh, your kids when, when, when you're worried about your children. Just say, thank you, God. Your tender mercies are over my child. I'm not going to charge you for that this morning. That's, that's a freebie. Amen. So, so, so God's tender mercies, amen, which means his tender mercies will draw us to his goodness, amen. I like what it says in James 1.17. It says every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the father of lights with him, with whom there is no variable of shadow a turning. So, so what is that saying? That's saying God has only good gifts that he gives us. In John 10, 10, uh, some call this the dividing line of the Bible. And in John 10, 10, it says that the, the thief does not come except to steal, kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it. More abundantly. So, 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 uh, so what I'm saying about the dividing line of the Bible, it's, it's saying here, Jesus is saying that the devil's job description is to steal, kill, and destroy. And if something's coming against you, that's stealing from you, that's trying to kill you or destroy you, that is not from God. Sickness is not a gift from God to teach you a lesson. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? No, it's not. It's health and healing is from God. Sickness is from the evil one. And you say, can you prove that out? Yeah, I can. First John 3, 8 says, says this. Um, uh, he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose this is where I want to get to. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the evil one. When Jesus came in Acts 10, 38, when Jesus came, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. 
So I love that because Jesus came doing good and healing all. And he was healing them from what? The oppression of the devil. So, so Jesus was undoing the works of the evil one. And that's what he's doing today as I minister. You know, if we get these erroneous ideas that God is behind everything and God's putting something on us, then, then that's making God evil. And God's not evil. He's good. It's the devil that will try to put sickness on you. It's the devil that's behind poverty. The devil's a poverty devil. And you say, what do you mean by... Listen, any, anybody that worships God, the Bible says you worship God, you'll never go hungry. He will satisfy those who fear God. And think about this nation is... I'm getting on my soapbox today. This nation is based on biblical principles. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that's why I believe that this nation is so blessed. And you find nations that, that, that does not have Christianity as their foundation. They have other false religions. And these countries are the most poverty-stricken countries on the planet. They have cows that they worship and the cows are more uh, being worshiped over people. You cannot start a hamburger restaurant in some of these. Are you are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? They won't eat. They won't eat hamburger. I'm, I'm glad that we don't worship cows today. Well, some of us do in us in its way. Because we like our hamburgers. Okay, we won't go there. But uh, you got to catch my humor. Amen. Anybody like hamburgers out here? Any hamburger people out here? I love hamburgers. Glory to God. And I love the way my wife makes them. Amen. Always go with, with grass-fed beef. Okay, that, that's a freebie. But anyway. So anyway, I like this. And this is awesome because I think sometimes when we're trying to... Sometimes we see... I've seen people on TV trying to teach on, on evangelism and how to win people to the Lord. And, and, and it, it come off in a way of focusing the person that they're a sinner and that they need to repent and that they, they better turn or burn. But my Bible says that it's the goodness of God in Romans 2, 4 that leads men to repentance. It's, listen, it's not the severity of God that leads men to repentance. It's not God beating you over the head that will get you to come to him. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? No, it's the, somebody say goodness. It's the goodness of God that see what God wants to do is he wants to use you to to pray for some sick sinner. And then God will heal that sinner. And that sinner gets so excited that God loves him that he wants to give his life to God. Are you hear what I'm saying today? You You can draw more people with honey than vinegar. I got that from a book. Amen. How to win friends and influence people. Amen. And so listen, uh, we got to understand this. Now you've got to understand this too, because I think that the devil, uh, the devil always trying to bring man down to a lower level. Have you ever, have you ever looked at that? You, 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 man, you know, man is, and, and, and man is really, is created uh, on the highest level. Amen. In Psalms 8, 3 and 9, it says, it says this, and this is, this is man here. Is, and the psalmist is writing this, and this is really a, a perspective of how, how man is so valuable to God. 
And, and, and say, say this to your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. You are valuable to God. So in Psalms 8, 3, 9, I was going to say, say it to yourself, but I don't want you to get pompous. But anyway, 8, 8, 3, 9, it says this. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And I love this part. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You know, God has crowned mankind with glory and honor. You have made him have dominion over all the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how excellent is your name on the earth. So it says here he has crowned man with glory and honor. And it says he made him a little lower than the angels. But that word is Elohim. And if, if you study that word out, the Hebrew word, it really means he made, made us a little lower than God. I think some of the translators were a little nervous about putting God there. And in some translations, they did have the boldness to put God there. God, we're, we're just a little lower than God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, we're God's highest creation. Do you know that we're going to be judging angels when we, when we rule and reign with Jesus? In the heavenlies. And, you know, we're going to be judging angels. That means that we're going to be over angels. That means that we're just under God. That's an awesome thought. Think about that. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say there's two reasons why God created us. Are you ready for this today? I'm telling you, it took me a lot of study just to get this. What are those two reasons, man? Two reasons why God has created us. The number one reason why God created us. Well, I believe this is to fellowship with us. That's the number one reason why God created us. He created us to fellowship with us. He didn't really create us to follow a bunch of rules. Amen. So we could see how many rules we can keep to make him happy. That wasn't reason why he created us to follow these rules, you know, so we can have a bunch of rules to live by. Hopefully when you got married, you didn't tell your spouse, well, these are the house rules. Well, maybe you did. But anyway, won't go there. But hopefully you didn't set up house ground rules on. Maybe you did. But anyway. Hallelujah. I won't go there. But we, but, but, but he wasn't. So, so we got to understand. And number two, the reason why he created us. Number one, to have fellowship with us. But number two, to bless us. Those are two. Uh, the two only thing, All my studies. Finds out that he wants to have fellowship with us and he wants to bless us. And you say, well, back that up, pastor. I will with the scriptures here in Genesis 1, 26. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So we are made in God's image and his likeness. See, the angels are not made in God's image and his likeness. Are you aware of that? The angels are powerful. But they're not made in God's image and, and, and his likeness. Only we are made in God's image and his likeness. That's why the devil hates us so much. Amen. Because we are in the likeness of our creator. And it says here, and, and, and then he says, um, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the, the uh, fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth and over all the creeping things that creeps on the earth. 
So like I kiddingly say, ladies, you have a dominion over creeps. So God created man in his own image and the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. There you go. Then God blessed them. He created them. He created us. He created Adam. He created Eve. And then God blessed them. Ooh, that was the first thing God did was bless them. Amen. And, and God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over all the birds of the air and over every living things that moves. And, you know, I'm going to say this. How many how many hunters in here? How many fishermen in here? Do we have any hunters, hunters, any hunters? No, God, we do. Oh, man, I didn't know that. Bow hunters. OK, fishermen. You know, you can call those animals to you. Glory to God. You have dominion. Over these animals. Say, I don't believe that. I've heard people do it. Charles Capps used to call fish to himself. Amen. You can call these animals. You have dominion. Jesus has given us dominion. Glory to God. Uh, Of course, I call my kids and they don't listen, but we won't go there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, um, and so he created us. And, and Adam, listen, Adam was brilliant. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, they were brilliant people. This is before the fall. I, I believe that they, they, you know, they, science say we, we use less than 10% of our brain. Anybody ever heard that before? And some of us use a lot less, but we won't go there. But, but, but Adam, I believe, used 100%. Somebody said if you could use 100% of the brain, you would rule the world. That's how powerful our brain is. And think about this. Adam had the and Eve had the ability to fellowship with God. Adam had the ability and uh, and the the wisdom to name all the animals. Think about that. Think of how brilliant and, and people really you are brilliant in God. Whatever God graces you to do, you're brilliant in that grace. Can I get an amen today? You just got to find out what you're gracing. Some people are gracing sleeping. No, I won't go there. But you've got to find out what you are gracing. And you're brilliant in your grace. You know, Adam, you know, he, 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 he could name all the animals. I could think about, you know, of course, you know, he, he, he was naming all the animals. And think about it, he was naming the eagle. And that's a, you know, he had creative names. Uh, the falcon, you know, uh, uh, he was naming these 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 birds. And I believe that that uh, Adam, you know, God saw that Adam needed a helpmate. And God was uh, God had to put Adam to sleep. And of course, we kiddingly say as preachers, you know, that's the reason why men don't understand women, because they were asleep when God created them. Amen. But I believe that Adam was actually falling asleep when he was when he was at the end of naming the birds and f- because his creativity went down. You know, I was thinking you know, about that, that he probably saw that bird. He had a creative name, but he was falling asleep. He said, b- b- blue bird, <laughs> black, black, black bird, <laughs> dodo bird. I mean, how much creativity are you here? I thought that was funny. But anyway, we'll go next. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blackbird, bluebird, redbird. Okay. Okay. Amen. We'll continue. 
So, so God, God created Adam and Eve and he created them perfect. Amen. And he, he created them and it says in Genesis 3, 8, he said that, that in Genesis 3, 8, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God among the trees. So this gives us an idea that God, that God walked with Adam and Eve and he fellowship with him. And that was the key reason why I believe he created us. And we know this, that sin separates us from God. Sin closes down our communication with God. Sin will make us dumb. (laughs) It will make us dumb. Amen. It will make us dumb people. And when we start walking with God, God's going to make you smart. God's going to increase your intelligence. God's going to God's going to raise you up. I'm telling you, when you got God with you, you can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I like what it says in Hebrews 8:10, talking about the new covenant. And this and this really solidifies my point. It says this. For uh, Hebrews 8, 10 through 12, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on the hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord for for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. I love that because, see, God wants to walk with us and he doesn't want anything, any sin to hinder our relationship with him. So he's willing to wipe our sins off the map. So he's walking. You know what? He's walking with righteous people today. Somebody say, I am a righteous person in God. Do you believe that? Listen, it doesn't matter. We all have weaknesses. We all have failed God. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that ever cleanses us from all unrighteousness. God wants a open relationship, fellowship with us. And he washes and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You are righteous in Christ Jesus. Sometimes things are going wrong in our life and we start we start evaluating. Oh, my Lord, maybe I'm I'm in a bad situation with God. Maybe judgment is hitting. Maybe maybe this I'm going to say this. You know, we don't need to focus so much on that. You know, if you're going to just live right, you're you're going to suffer some persecution. You're going to suffer some things down here. The devil's going to make sure that he's going to attack your life. I'm attacked more when I'm living closer to God than when I'm further away from God. I find myself when I'm trying to push in to the things of God, the attacks seem to get a little stronger. Oh, you listen to me today. But listen, you're going to press through and you're going to make it to the other side. God is with you. Even though you are in the fire, you will not smell like smoke. You will come out on the other side. Though you may be in the valley, you will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with you. Somebody say God is with me. Do you know God is with you wherever you go? 
you know, God is with you. We need to start. We need to start. Somebody was walking in fear, talking to the pastor and the pastor. You need to get a revelation wherever you go. God is with you. He's with you today. He's for you today. If God be for you, doesn't matter who's against you. It used to be a song we used to sing. If God be for me, who can be against me? Who can be against me? Who can be against me if God is for me? Who can be against me? Greater is he that is within me. Man, that's powerful. Some of do you like that? Maybe I should join the worship team. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that only in the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that is within me. Within me. Within me. Whoo, man. I get excited singing about that. Some of us might need to start singing some scriptures. I might, it might start becoming more real to you. Then you won't be coming in with a long, drawn-out face. Hallelujah! You'll be coming in excited about the things of God. Glory to God. The greater one's in you. Hallelujah! So we have to talk about the, the golden text of the Bible. What is the golden text? of the, When we're talking about the love of God... Can somebody tell me the golden tech love text of the Bible? Can anybody, anybody, anybody? What? <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, do unto others. That's a good one. God got me on that one the, uh, last week. I was treating somebody really bad. <laughs> Not right. And he said, you want to treat people the way you want to be treated. That, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's called the golden rule. But I'm saying the golden text on love. So it's something different. But you guys were close. The golden rule. Then you got the royal law. You know, there's the golden rule and the royal law. You know what the royal law is? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the royal law. So the royal law is love your neighbor as yourself. Are you getting it this morning? Amen. Are we in Sunday school class today? Okay. The royal law is love your neighbor as yourself. That's the royal law. James talks about that. It talks about in Galatians. Jesus talks about that. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. That's part of loving God. Amen. And then you got the, the golden rule. And that's, um, and that's do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I, I know that one pretty well because I used to get in arguments with my, with my siblings. And my mom, when we ever got in an argument, she would say, that's, okay, that's, you know what you're going to do? You're going to write down 50 times, do unto others. Man, I had to write it down. Do unto others as you will have them do unto you. And I'm telling you, that got on the inside of me. And that learned, you know, we need to learn to treat people the way they want to be treated. Amen. Amen. And so, but, but I want to talk about the golden text of the love of God in the New Testament. And the golden text, which is, this is me, I made this up. Okay, that's why you guys don't know it. The golden text is John three sixteen. Anybody know it? Anybody know John 3, 16? Does anybody know it in, in the house today? John 3, 16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I love 17. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world uh, through him might be saved. So listen, God's not looking to condemn you this morning. Amen. He's looking to save you. He's not looking, to, he's not looking at your missus. He's looking at what you're doing right. You made it to church today. 
You're starting your week off right, glory to God. Just forget about the past and keep pressing in to the goodness. So, so the golden text, the love text of, of the New Testament is John three sixteen. And so let's unpack that for a couple of minutes this morning and, 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 and just get something uh, from John three sixteen. God's love. Number one, God's love is unconditional. Let me let me just uh, let me say it this way. God's love is unconditional. That means that God's love is absolute unrelenting, and it's steadfast, and it's unfailing. God's unconditional love for us is not based on our moral goodness or our ability to meet his righteous requirements in our own strengths, but it's based on his goodness and the love that he has for his creation. God's love is demonstrated uh, to us through the sacrifice of his son on the cross. So can somebody say, this is bottom line, God's love is, is in the form of this one word, called grace. We can't work for God's love. His love is based on his grace. And then what what does grace mean? It means unmerited favor. That means that we don't earn God's favor or we don't earn God's blessing. It's unmerited. We, We can't earn it. Glory to God. Amen. You can position yourself for greater. Amen. But 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 you can't earn salvation. That's what I'm talking about. You cannot earn salvation in your own standing. You have to have God's grace to give you his salvation. Are you hear what I'm saying today? Lots of people today think that they can just live a so so good life because they compare themselves to everybody else. And they think because they're just good and moral people, they're going to make it to heaven. But it's not based on that. It's based on Jesus being the perfect God man that walked this earth perfectly and went to a cross he did not deserve. And he paid the punishment for our sin. Glory to God. And it's the great, you know, divine exchange. And Jesus exchanged his goodness to us and we exchange our sinfulness to him on the cross. And thank God I have Jesus's goodness today. You have Jesus's goodness today because of the grace of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says when we get to heaven, nobody can boast about how great we were down here to obtain heaven. No, we can only boast on the greatness of Jesus. That's good news this morning, because, listen, you don't have to be a perfect person to make it to heaven. You just have to be a forgiven person. Hallelujah. We're forgiven. Glory to God. God, you know, he he forgives us. He throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. Quit beating yourself up and walk in that truth. Amen. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I like what it says in Ephesians 2, 4 and 7. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then I love this, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Think about that. So what is, what is, what is 
uh, Paul's saying here, he's saying that, that we were saved by grace, not of works. But he's saying that God not only saved us and we have eternal life, but God's going to continue to show how much he loves us when we get to heaven. And he's going to continue to show how much he he loves us because we were willing to receive his son, Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Titus says it this way. Um, in three, uh, Titus 3, 4, 5 says, When the kindness of the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. God's unconditional love is based on God giving us free will. I'm going to say that again. God's unconditional love is based on God giving us free will. God loves us enough to give us free will or free choice to serve him or not to serve him. He loves us that much. He will love you. He will love you all the way to hell, baby. If that's what you want to take and you want to take a road to to the the, the low road to hell, he's not going to stop you if that's what you want. Because you have free will. He's going to try to. He's going to do everything he can. He's going to throw every roadblock in the way. He's going to have a praying mom that's going to keep praying for you. Glory to God. He's going to have people around you that's going to keep witnessing to you. But if you want to persist, you can go down the wrong path. But thank God we're persisting to go up the right path. You can persist. You know, I, I love this because some theologians will teach, well, God will choose some to be saved and some to be damned. I don't believe, I believe all, all are, are called to be saved. We choose. And you say, where do you find that at? Well, let me just say this. Back in, uh, in Genesis, because I don't believe that God creates people to, go, to do evil and to be just evil people. I believe people choose evil. Are you listening to me today? And when, when Adam and Eve, when they, when they had two sons, Cain and Abel, and, and, and Abel was blessed because he brought a great offering, and that offering was awesome, and God blessed that offering, and, 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 and Cain got upset about that because Abel's offering was blessed and Cain's offering wasn't. Cain got upset about it. He got angry about it. But listen, the communication of man and God was not cut off when they left the garden, God still communicated with his man and God still spoke to Cain. And God said to Cain, don't be mad. You know, you can do good too." God tried to keep Cain from killing his brother. But Cain had his own will. His own, he had his own will and he chose to go the wrong way. But God was trying to get him to go the right way. God's always trying to get us to go the right way. The devil's always trying to get us to go the wrong way. And the wrong way will always, we'll always end up in a bad place when we go the way of the devil. But when we go the way of God, it's always going to be a good place. A good place in God. So nobody's ordained to go to hell. Everybody, I'm telling you, is ordained to go to heaven. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God is so good. Everybody. The Bible says that that, that God's not willing that anybody shall perish, but that all come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not willing that any to perish. 
If people are perishing, it goes back to, you go back to the golden text. Do you know why people are perishing? You're going to have to read down a little lower. You have to read eight, uh, John 3, 18 and 19, which says that people love the darkness more than they love light. And they chose darkness over the light. But I'm going to love the light. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love the truth. I'm not going to live in a fantasy world. Somebody say, I love the truth. You can't handle the truth. No, I'm kidding. But God's love is sacrificial. The sac- I'm going to say it's God's love is sacrificial. He sacrificed his very best son, the sinless spotted lamb of God, for, our very, for the very worst of us. I'm telling you, God sent his son Jesus for the very worst sinner on planet Earth. And if that person, Hitler, probably was one of the worst people on planet Earth. And, and Jesus' blood was powerful enough to cleanse Hitler from his sins. If Hitler went to, to Jesus and repented. What? Hitler? Yes. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. It, it, the, the lowest of the low, it can wash the lowest of the low. And you're not that low. <laughs> Amen. Only by the grace of God. And if we're going to walk in God's love, we're going to have to learn to be people that sacrifice to others. We're going to have to learn to live a sacrificial life. Amen. We have to learn to be to put other the principle of putting other other people first. It's weaved all the New Testaments. Romans 12, 10 says this. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, given preference to one another. So, man, if we're going out to eat after church this morning, uh, then you need to give your wife, you know, the option. What do you want to go to eat? Okay, we'll just continue. But uh, I I always get my way. Anybody ever always get their way? I I tend to get my way a lot. My wife says, you always get your way. I say, okay, where where do you want to Okay, we won't go there. But anyway, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. I try to let her have her way every once in a while. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Listen to that. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Something about Cain said to God, when God says, where's your brother? Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, we're supposed to look out for each other. Amen. We're supposed to make sure that, 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 that each of us are staying on that, 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 that straight and narrow road. I love this. Jesus demonstrated the selfless love in Mark 10, 45, when he said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus, even though he's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords, he did not come to be served, but he came to serve others. Think about that. And the Bible actually says it this way. The disciples were arguing with each other, trying to figure out who was going to be top dog in heaven. And they were arguing with one another. And Jesus said, the greatest of you will be servant of all. God, you know, the God kind of love puts other people first. Number three, the God kind of love is personable. God did not want us to live by just a set rules. We, I'm glad we don't have a religion 
that's, that, that's just based on Bible teaching only. I, I'm glad it's not just a doctrine. I'm glad it's just, I'm glad our, our, our Christianity is not just a philosophy. I'm glad it's more than that. I'm glad it's all about Jesus and Jesus became personable. God became personable. God became a person down here on planet Earth so we could touch him, so we could walk with him. He became personal. God became man in the flesh. God honored man and became just like us. Wow. That's amazing. So God became man and became just like us. And guess what's going to happen? We're going to be just like Jesus in the sweet by and by because we're going to get glorified bodies. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? And we're going to be just like him. He came down to, to our level so he could bring us up to his level. Woo! Somebody say grace. He's bringing us up to his level. There's my hop again. He's bringing us up to his level. He came down to our level so he could bring us up to his level. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God loves us. Amen. I'm telling you, God is so awesome. John 17, 23, 26. It says this. And this is a priestly prayer because you can walk in the love of God. It says this. I am them and you and me that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me. This is Jesus praying and the love and you love them as you have loved me. The love that that God has for Jesus is the same love that he has for us. God loves you just as he loved, just as much as he loves Jesus. That's awesome. And then in the priestly prayer, 1726, John 1726, he says, this is Jesus saying, I have declared them your name and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. So Jesus was praying to the father that the same love that Jesus walked in, that we can walk in. Do you believe that today? I believe that today. So we need to get a revelation of God's love. That in in Romans 5, 5, it says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. We have the capacity to love like Jesus. Listen, God... God's not unjust. Jesus is not unjust. In John 13, 34, Jesus said to his disciples, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Jesus said that they could love, the disciples could love just like how Jesus loved them. If Jesus said that, then we can do it. Do you believe it today? Number five, God love, um, God's love, and number four is God's love is acceptable, amen? And, and, and that, mean, that means that we can accept God's love, amen? And number five, God's love is accessible to all. I love this. God's love is not just for a few chosen people that God has selected, but is accessible for all that believe. In Acts 10, 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, Of the truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. I'm going to say this to you today. It doesn't matter how bad that person might be that you might know that may not seem like they will ever get saved, but God can reach down in their darkness and God can pull them out of that darkness and God can bring them in to his marvelous light. 
Apostle Paul was in deep darkness when he was called Saul of Tarsus. He was persecuting the Christians. He was the Hitler of that day to the Christian church. And and nobody would have thought that God could change this man, Saul of Tarsus, that were killing Christians, that were putting Christians in jail. He, He was doing it thinking that he was serving God. He was zealous for the Ju- Judaism, and but God was able to turn him around, and he can turn around anybody that you may know that may be so deep down in darkness, God has the power to bring them out of it. Do you believe that today? It doesn't matter who they are. God can light your fire. They can, he can light. I'm telling you, glory to God. God can do it. Hallelujah. So the, so the key here, I love this in Acts 10, 34 uh, uh, message. It says, Peter f- fairly exploded with the good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message is he sent his children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere among everyone. So in Acts 10, 34, he's saying that God doesn't, ju- doesn't have any favorites. We're all his favorites. Somebody say, I- I'm God's favorite. You are all his favorite, glory to God. Well, I'm going to have to shut this down. Man, I didn't even get through half my message, amen? Can I just give you five points before we shut this down? Um, and I'm going to make them fast. I'm just going to make it practical today, Okay. And it's, and it's going to be done in about 30 seconds. Or Give me two minutes. Can you give me five minutes? <laughs> just, 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 just bear with me with five, five practical principles. Um, in love. Uh, in love, you need to verbalize it. Verbalize love. When was the last time you told your spouse you loved them? It's silent in this church today. When was the last time you said, I love you, baby? This morning. Come on down and get a candy. Hallelujah. Amen. He verbalized it. Glory to God. It might be a, you might have a good night tonight. Amen. So, so we got to verbalize it. I'm going to say this. Spouses, you need to tell your ladies that you love them. You need, you need to verbalize it. I'm going to say this with God. Worship and praise is all about telling God you love him. When you worship, when you praise and praise God, and, and you're telling God you love him, and, and you need to verbalize it. I love you, Heavenly Father. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. You need to verbalize that. I love you, Heavenly Father, like I love ice cream. No, 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 I... No, no, don't say it that way, but I love you. Somebody say, I love you. Number two, we need to write it or text it. Try to send a text of gratitude or encouragement to your loved ones. Try to let them know that you love them. I, I, I tell guys that I love them, but I, I, I bro it up. I say, I love you, man. I bro it up, man. You just got to bro it. I love you, man. Do you know what I'm talking about? You can tell, you can tell other guys that you love them. Just love you, man. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You can let them know. Even guys want to know that they, that they feel appreciated, that they feel love. Glory to God. Write it or text it. Uh, number three, give it. Uh, I, I put this. Uh, my dad 
before he would leave the house, would, would give my mom a kiss before, before they ever parted. So I don't know how many years they've been doing that, but they would give each other a kiss. Oh, he would be walking out the door. Oh, honey, I forgot my kiss. What if we started kissing our sp- ladies? I know you're loving this this morning. What if we started kissing our spouses before we left them? Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Now, I'm, I'm saying a nice, sweet kiss, you know, nothing too passionate because you don't want to be missing work. But what are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You don't want to get too passionate. Am I? Am I? OK, we'll just keep moving on. OK. We'll keep moving on. But, but my mom would have, and, and I, I try to practice that. I only practiced twice probably last year. But, and uh, and uh, I remember I was out the other day, and I was out doing some soul witnessing. And uh, I, bought, I bought you in a slice of cheesecake. She loves cheesecake. And I never buy, I never do anything that, that often. And I brought her a cheesecake. And she was so sweet to me. I'm telling you, I was, she called me on the phone. And she, she called me sweetheart. <laughs> Instead of bonehead. And, you know, I was really shocked. I said, man, that, that cheesecake went a long way. Are you hearing? I'm telling you, I had a good day that day. Hallelujah. So, so it's, it's just, you know, in other words, not just kids. Give something little. You don't have to give something big, but just give little presents to those that you love. Just bless somebody. You know, just last week, we had, the, we had Dave that came out, and he helped us with the TVs. He didn't ask for anything. He was doing all. And I just felt led to give him a gift card to bless him. Why? Because people want to feel appreciated. People want to feel like you love them. And nothing beats love than getting cash money or whatever. (laughs) And number five, uh, oh, number four, we need to forgive it. We just need to let it go. We just need to let things go. You know, so they say a snide walk, just let it go. Just let things go. We just need to learn to let things go. If you can't let it go, if, if the Bible says, if you've got a problem with somebody, go talk to them in love. Amen. Talk to them in love. Get it off your, your, your shoulders. And, and then that, you might need to do that. But if you can't talk to them, just let it go. Amen. Let it go. Just, just learn to forgive. It will hinder your love walk. And then number five, live it. Always be, listen, I want to say this. Um, always try to be putting something in somebody's bucket. Don't take out of their bucket when you meet somebody, put into their bucket. What do I mean by that? Always try to find something that you can uh, give a sincere compliment over. Always try to find something that, that you know, if they're, if they're wearing a Dallas Cowboy t-shirt, well, I won't go there. But, um, but f- always, you know, always find something good. I think we got a Dallas man in here. But um, always find something good to say about somebody. Put something in their bucket. I was working out the other day, and this guy was a little older than me. I asked him how old he was. He was 58. And uh, I said, man, you're an inspiration. He was working out hard. I said, you're an inspiration. And he just bowled up like, thank you, man. Thank you, man. You know, and, you know, and it, that, that opens people's hearts. Why? Well, I could bring in the gospel. You know, open people's hearts up. A sincere compliment can go a long way. Is this helping you anyway, any time today? Are, are you going to do this today? Praise God. And when you do, you're going to see your relationships go higher and higher in God. You believe it today? 
Let's bow our heads. Father, we honor you this morning. I just thank you, Father God, that you are so good to us. I thank you, Father, for blessing every person in here, every visitor. I thank you for those that are watching online today. And perhaps they maybe you're here this morning. You never experienced God's love. And I'm telling you, Jesus is the password to God's love. He is he is the key to God's love. And all you have to do is receive Jesus in your heart to 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 have God's love enter your life. And if you never confess Jesus as Lord, you can do that today and you can receive the love of God today. So if you're ready to do that and you want God's love to fill you today, just say this after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.